Hello, welcome to 21st Century Moses podcast. My name is Sammy Zhu, your host. Last week, we learned about not to judge. We should not examine others. We should not examine ourselves either. Examine means investigation for the purpose of judgment. So in other words, we should not judge others. We should not judge myself we, because judgment belongs to the Lord. Let the Lord judge when he comes in the last day. Now, does that mean that we should not judge at all we should tolerate any sins in the world so what does that really mean now today in chapter 5 we're gonna see the totally opposite thing because it says we need to judge hmm what is really going on so let's look at chapter 5 verse verses 9 through 13. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with a sexually immoral people. I did not at all mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the greedy and swindlers or with idolaters, for then you would have to leave the world. But actually, I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brothers. If he is a sexually immoral person or a greedy person or an idolater or is verbally abusive or habitually drunk or a swindler, not even to eat with such a person. For what business of mine is it to judge outsiders? Do you not judge those who are within the church? But those who are outside, God judges. Remove the evil person from among yourselves. Amen. Now, this is God's word. So let's look at today's points. There are two things that we need to look at. The first one is connect with sinners second one is correct sinners in the church so let's go back to the first passage in verse 9 now it says i wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people okay that makes sense but it says i did not at all mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the greedy and swindlers or with the idolaters so we see the list of the sinners right here for then you would have to leave the world so what does really this mean it means that if you do not associate with all the sinners, sexually immoral person and swindlers and all the idolaters, that means you should leave the world, meaning that you cannot, as long as you live in this world, you have to bump into or associate with the sinners because you are always surrounded by the sinners. So what does really uh, entail here? So you know, some people think, you know, I'm a God's child. I've been, I became a believer now. So I used to be a sinner. I used to be a drunk, a drunkard, and I used to do a lot of sexual immoral, immorality. Now I need to stop all those things. That means I need to stop associating, calling, or contacting, or meeting with all the sinners that I used to play with. So, I mean, that is really great. But does that mean that you have to go to the mountains? or some kind of a temple that you have to just separate yourself from the whole world that is not what it means here you know it's if you if you do that you are you're more likely like a buddhist monk or the old catholic uh, monk however in the in the bible clearly says it's not uh it's not what you need to do you still it means that you still need to associate with the sinners now how can we find the example we can find the perfect example in jesus because jesus was perfectly holy he had no sin but who did he hang out with he hung out with sinners 
he ate with um, the uh, uh, the prostitutes and the sinners and tax collectors. You know, at that time, the tax collectors was like the sinner of the sinners. But Jesus did not mind it. Jesus welcomed them and he uh, associated with them. Now, we have to be very careful. If you stop right here, and if you go back to your room or your work and listening uh, to the partial message of this, then you might think like, okay, that's great. You know, I thought, you know, I had to stop all the sins I used to do, but I can associate with my sinner friends. That means I can sin again. That's not a big deal. Well, that is not what it means here. Never in this scripture says you need to associate with sin. You need to associate with sinners, but you should not associate with sin. You should not go back to what you need, what you used to do. Very, very significant, very important. Yes, we need to associate with those sinners, but for what? For the what purpose? Because that way we can share the gospel with the sinners and then we can bring them or lead them to Jesus Christ. Remember in Matthew chapter 10, verse 6, Jesus came for the lost sheep. Lost sheep are sinners, so they are in darkness. So rather than we go, we're going back to the old sinful life or old habits, we need to go back to our old friends to share for the purpose of sharing the gospel. But we never should associate with sins. But we still need to connect with sinners. But that leads to the next point. Again, the sin must not be tolerated, but it must be corrected. The next point is correct the sinners especially in the church. And that's where the judgment comes. So let's go back to today's passage. Let's look at the uh, verse 11. But actually, I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brothers. You see right here, so-called brothers. Well, who are they? They are Christians. So, do not associate with this Christian. What kind of Christian? I mean, we need to associate with the brothers and sisters, right? But in this case, these so-called brothers who are actively sinning, continually sinning, if he is a sexually immoral person or a greedy person or idolater or verbally abusive or habitually drunk or swindler. So you see the list of these things. So what's the difference between the first category and the second category? The first category is non-believers. I mean, non-believers are sinners anyway. But in this case, these so-called brothers, they are sinning. They are still keeping in their sins. That is the problem. Okay? And then, what does it say? It, I mean, uh, it's continued here, right here. Not even to eat with such a person. Wow, this is kind of very strong statement. For what business of mine it is to judge outsiders? I don't have to judge sinners because they are already judged. But here, do not, do you not judge those who are within the church? Here's the point. We need, this is a rhetorical question, do you not judge those who are within the church? That means outsiders, the non-believers, we should not judge them because judgment belongs to the Lord. But for those who are in the church, we need to judge. Hmm. But just let's wait for a moment. Last week, 
we should not. We learn that we should not judge. We should not examine ourselves because you know if we examine, investi- investigate one another for the purpose of judgment, then we might feel superior to others, and so might or you might we might feel inferior to others. Uh, either way, it will end up miserably. So we should not judge. Yes, but today. In today's passage, it says we need to judge the people within the church. What's going on? What's the difference? Now, the first judgment is the judgment for the destruction of other people. Now, you compare one another in the church. You say that you read the Bible even more, uh, much more than the other person. So why do you do that? Why do you compare? Why do you judge other pe- people that these people are not really praying or reading Bible enough? Why? It is not that you want to uh, compliment or want to develop them, but actually want to destroy them. And you want to feel good about yourself. That judgment is sin. That is not right. But the judgment here in today's passage in chapter 5 is totally different because this judgment is for the purpose of repentance, purpose of correction, so that the person who is judged can come back to the Lord and come back and uh, repent, turn away from his or her sin. So very, very different uh, the purpose here so yes in the church as we saw into this passage that we need to judge not everyone not every brother or sister but especially the brother or sister who is committing who is continuing in his or her sin okay very uh, very very important so let's go back to today's passage again it says but to those who are outside god judges right because judgment belongs to the lord and then what does it say here remove remove the evil person from among yourselves what is this the believers you mean the church this is so important and also very strong and sometimes it sounds very harsh here so what does that mean you need to kick out the sinners the practicing sinners, the believer who believers who are sinners, uh, from the church. Now, why should we do that? I mean, uh, because many times we don't see it practiced in the church, and I, I will come back to that in just a few minutes. But, uh, but it, theoretically, it is that uh, we need to kick them out uh, from the church. There is a reason why. Number one, it is for the holiness. Because Leviticus 11:45 and 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 clearly says, "We must be holy because God is holy." Now God is our Father, and He saved us out of sin and death. And then He is holy, so we must we must become like Him. We must be holy. Now Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 clearly says we need to grow to the maturity of Christ. So just because you are saved from sin doesn't mean that you just stop growing there. You need to grow to the perfect holiness. Of course we're not perfect until we see Christ Jesus. But we are growing to the perfectness. We're growing to the maturity of Christ Jesus. So that means we need to keep ourselves holy. So that the second purpose of this correction is for the repentance. So that these people who are sinning can realize, acknowledge their sins, and then they will turn away uh, from their sin and turn to Jesus Christ. And thirdly, this is for the health of the church. If we do not rebuke or correct the sinners, the people will tolerate the sins and they will not disobey, they will not obey God, God's calling. So, and outside, they may look very holy, they come to church to worship the Lord, but it 
in uh, inwardly or in reality, they are still keeping in their sins, and then they are they have no difference between uh, themselves with uh, with the world. Then the world would ridicule, uh, mock the Christians. The church would be. Um, would be mocked as well. So the people would be disappointed by the Christians and they will not even consider to come to Jesus Christ. And many times it's happening in the big churches or small churches even when the uh, the uh, the leaderships in the church or the pastors or leaders are corrupted and uh, inwardly they are just secretly they're keeping in their sins and they're not repenting of their sins and the church is slowly dying that is very very sad case so to prevent that we need to have a very strong discipline that we need to um, discipline these sinners now I have seen those these were being practiced. There was a leaderships in the church who was um, secretly involving involved in the sexual immorality uh, by watching porns, so that the, the congregation got to know about it. So they did not tolerate the sins, but actually they. Uh, kicked, uh, they uh, expelled the pastor uh, for a certain period of time until this pastor generally repented of his sin. I think this is a very healthy uh, practice. Uh, I'm not saying that we have to do it in the same way, but we need to follow what the scripture tells us that we have to be, we have to discipline ourselves first, and we also need to ed- educate and uh, train our churches to be uh, very, very passionate to live holy life but to do that we when we see the sins are practiced we need to we should not tolerate that but we need to confront it and we need to rebuke it because this when sin is practiced even in the church as we can see in the uh, the in the example in the chapter 5 in the church of Corinth there are some people who are practicing the sins it's not the people outside of the church but the people inside of church so same is here in 2023 just because you are coming to the church but doesn't mean that you are uh, just keeping away from all the sinful behavior so you probably still uh, engage yourself with the sinful behaviors so, so that we need to stop you need to stop sinning but if you if it's so hard to stop sinning you need to ask help from the church so that the church can help you now the bible we see so many examples when the sin is practiced then we need to purge it for example in Joshua's time they conquered jericho but they couldn't conquer uh, i because there is a sin hidden sin Achan, the sin of Achan, so that when Achan was executed, they could conquer I. It is that important. Holiness is that important. We need to represent, reflect the holiness of God. So the Bible corrects us in Second Corinthians chapter. Sorry, Second uh, Timothy chapter uh, three, verses sixteen through seventeen. The word of God, God uses the Bible is inspired by God, so it's a useful for the correct correction. So we need to use the Bible, the word of God, to correct ourselves and correct one another. And the, at the same time, when there are the sin practiced, we need to have uh, other witnesses to go and confront that person, and we need to discipline that person by uh, expelling them or some 
other ways so that that person will have the opportunity to repent, to turn away from their sin. By doing so, the people in the, in the church would see how serious the, the sin is and how church is helping. You know, when we judge that sinner in the church, when we discipline them, it is not that we hate them. It's not that we judge that person for destruction. Actually, we're helping them so that they can turn away from their evil ways and then they can turn back to the Lord. Imagine that all churches, if the all every church has practiced this discipline from the uh, that is written in Scripture, how holy our churches would become, and God God would be glorified through these churches, and the world would see the difference in us, and that they will be drawn to Christ Jesus more. So let's go back to what Scripture tells us that we should not tolerate sin but we should rebuke a sin in the church. Yet, we still need to invite sinners into our church because we still need to connect with sinners, but never ever tolerate the sin in the church. So both ways, invite the sinners, but correct sinners. Connect with sinners, correct sinners in the church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you for your glory, for this message, Lord. Father, we know that it is very hard to uh, keep up with this discipline because sometimes the churches do the opposite. They hate outsiders, but they tolerate the sins inside. Father, if we are doing it, Father, please forgive us and let us turn away from our sin so that we will be welcoming the sinners into our church but will never ever tolerate sin in the church. So Father, we want to purge the sins with uh, courage that even if it if it, even if it's offending some, but Father, we want to obey you and your word. So at the end of the day, these people who sinned would realize their sins and acknowledge and confess their sins, then they will come to know you again. They will turn away from their sin. Father, we know that gospel is still necessary for all of us because it's not one-time thing. One-time thing to know how much you paid the price on the cross. But Father, please let us realize how much you pay the price on the cross continually so we will hate the sin and will not go back to our sin anymore. Father, help us and guide us, Lord. We thank you, praise you. In Jesus' holy name, I pray. Amen. Pastor Sammy Jew's latest publication, Burning Bush, is a spiritual guidebook designed to strengthen faith. It consists of daily meditations and memorization of a selected Bible passage for 119 days. This book, which is part of the first series of 21C Moses Devotional, is intended to foster a closer relationship with God by reading and reflecting on selected verses from the Bible. Over a period of 17 weeks, its purpose is to provide a deeper understanding of God, our purpose, and how to live a virtuous life through the words of the Bible. Get your copy of the book, Burning Bush Meeting God, today by visiting Amazon.com.